welcome to the Beauty Boss She's Bossed It podcast. I am so excited to finally be sat here recording this first episode. And for those of you that have been waiting for this, I wanted to start by saying thank you. I know so many have been waiting for this to happen. I have been teasing about launching a podcast for the whole of this year. And here we are, episode one. Whoop, whoop. So look, I have been really thinking about this first intro episode and really thinking about what angle I should be taking, what I should really start with. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. 24 years of industry knowledge, big, bold moves, making a lot of people happy, pissing a lot of people off, and a lot of people in between there somewhere. So I thought I would start in the same place that lots of other good podcasts start, which is the story behind the story. Now, my story is a little bit unique. Lots of you may know some of this story if you are in any of my worlds. But I'm going to come into this first episode as if like we have never met, like you don't know who Layla is, you don't know the story behind Beauty Boss, you don't know what I do, like who even is she? And hopefully along the way, I will inspire and encourage you to do something different in your business. So let's get to it. So firstly, my name is Layla Tora. I have been a beauty boss for 24 years next month. And I am just so happy to be sat here right now with the opportunity to even share my story because my story never nearly happened. Or should I repeat that, re-say that sentence? Nearly never happened, I should say. I'm so not going to be editing this, by the way. I'm just going to be opening my mouth, see what comes out. I have no interest in editing, FYI. So, okay, so here I am as a teenager. A teenager that likes to do lots of things like other teenagers, which is pretty much wear makeup, go shopping, and talk to boys. But there was something slightly different about my teenage years as opposed to everyone else around me. I had a secret boyfriend. Now, I'm from England. You'll hear my little northern twangs in my voice and saying words like laugh and podcast. And that's because I was actually born in Liverpool. So my mum's from Liverpool and my dad is from Syria. So I was born and raised a Muslim in a very traditional, strict Muslim household. Now, that's quite challenging in the Western world, you know, by any means. But as a girl, as a female who is so headstrong, knows exactly what she wants as she enters her young adulthood stages or years. But when you have been raised with a really strict Arabic dad, let me tell you, it was not an easy ride. Now, this is a big part of my story behind the story. My story is very unique because like most Muslim fathers, if they're really honest with themselves, when they have a daughter, they think or expect their daughter to do things like get married, stay at home, raise a family, cook and clean all day. And for me, I could not be any more the opposite way. 
So let me take you back to my teenage years where I was a teenager with a secret boyfriend. Now, this secret went on for seven and a half years. Now, as I got to my teenage years, as in nearly 20, I had really come out of myself, approached my dad, told my dad that I have a boyfriend, and you will not believe what his response was. I'm not going to tell you right now, I'll come on to that. But I want to talk about when I was 18. Because when I was 18, I'd already been with this secret boyfriend for a number of years. But 18 is also the year that I also went to beauty school. Now, beauty school for me was a great time because I was enjoying my beauty therapy course at my local college. I was clearly good at beauty therapy. My teachers around me told me so, and I'll also come on to that little story in a minute. But here's the real reason of my full-time beauty therapy course. It was my way out. I was not allowed to go out. I was not allowed to sleep out. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. I wasn't allowed to wear perfume. And I just couldn't get my head around this because I couldn't understand why it was one rule for me and another rule for my brothers. I have an older brother. I have many younger brothers. And I'm in the middle of these two brothers. And I'm like, why can't I go out when he can go out? Why do I have to be in by seven, but he doesn't have to come home until 10, 11? And he's younger than me. Like these were real life challenges and real life conversations and often arguments when I was 17, 18, 19. So when I'm at college, of course, I'm loving my time at college, but it was really the great escape for me. It was the out that I would get. It was my opportunity to get to see my secret boyfriend when The truth of the matter was my mum and dad, they thought I was at college learning, you know, a skill to go into a job. Little did they know that my attendance at my college was getting further and further down because I was seeing more and more of this boy. Now, one day, one of my tutors would pull me aside and say, Layla, what's going on? Your attendance is really low. You haven't turned up to this class, this class, this class. And look, I'm an open book. For those of you that know me already, you will know that I'm an open book. And for those of you that don't know me yet, you will very quickly realize that I wear my heart on my sleeve and I tell you how it is. So back then, I told my teachers, I said, look, I've got a really strict dad, not allowed a boyfriend. And the only way I can see my boyfriend is if I don't come to beauty school. And they got it. They emphasized with me. And that was that. But then what followed was a second meeting. I was asked to go up to the head of education, the head of faculty, and to go into her office. Now, her name was Millie Foy. I will never forget this. And she basically sat me down and she said, Layla, I'm aware of your issues. I have been speaking to all of your tutors and we are just really concerned. We don't want to see you fail at this course. We see a gift in you. We know or we believe that you can go on to do great things in the beauty industry. It would be a real shame for you to not pass this course and to ultimately fail and to drop out. 
she really believed in me, as did all my other teachers, which is so lovely. And I often think now about what I would have done if I had have dropped out of beauty school and I hadn't gone on to do all the amazing things that I have done. But here's the thing. This isn't the end of my story. This is the magic part. Before I left Millie Foy's office, she turned to me and she said, Layla, I will personally give you £50 out of my own purse if you come back to class, get better at your attendance and see the end of the term through. And for me, that was like music to my ears, not just because I was a teenager and 50 quid was amazing to have, but also I'm hugely competitive. So challenge accepted. And I did come back to class and I did start to fall in love with the beauty industry again. And I did get the 50 pounds. Now, I can't remember exactly what I bought with that, but I think I think I bought a cap. I think I bought a cap with that money. Now, caps were so big back in those days. I mean, I'm sure they're still big now, but back in those days, every cool girl had a cap on. So I was just loving this 50 pounds for free from the beauty head of year. And I went and bought this, this present. And so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because like I say, if they hadn't have believed in me, I probably would have dropped out because I was totally besotted with this boy. So now I am 19 and I'm, you know, I'm nearly a grown woman. I'm nearly 20 and I live in the UK, which means by law I can move out and I can drive. In fact, I was already driving. But I thought, right, I am going to tell my dad that I have a boyfriend. So I did. And do you know what my dad did? He put me on a plane and he sent me to Syria for four and a half months. My mum couldn't get me out of the country, even though I had a British passport. The fact that I was on Syrian soil, the only way I could get out of Syria was through the signature of either my dad or one of his brothers. So I lived with my uncle, my dad's brother, for four and a half months. And look, it was amazing. I'm taking nothing away from that. I should have really seen it as a punishment, I guess, in some ways, but I just love my family there so much. It was definitely not a punishment. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, I missed my boyfriend. But the whole point of my dad doing that was for me to break the habit, was for me to, you know, grow up a little bit and make some different decisions. And I'm not saying that it was the right thing for my dad to do. But I totally get why he did it. And right now, sat in my chair all these years later, I can categorically sit here and say, thank you for making that decision for me, dad. And I totally know where you were coming from. I probably didn't feel like that at the time. But my dad was really just wanted me to have more self-worth and for me to just, yeah, for me to have more self-worth, I think it's really all about that. And maybe I can unpack that in a different episode. But just to kind of keep to my beauty school dropout story, my dad, you know, he's a Muslim man. And like most Muslims, like I say, they expect you to be at home cooking and cleaning and raising a family. And I did the polar opposite. I came back from Syria. And I have to be honest, just to kind of give you the full version of the story, my mum at this stage was threatening my dad with divorce. And I think that's probably the only reason why my dad signed me to come back to the UK. 
And when I came back, I obviously went back home and I had four and a half months of being away from this boy. And I, I did continue to see him, but it wasn't as intense. You know, that whole thing where you're not allowed to do something, so it makes you do it more. I think it was a bit of that. Whereas when I came back, I obviously had grown up a little bit. My dad was aware, my whole family was aware. And my dad was willing to talk to me about, you know, being a young woman. But my dad also was there to help me make the right decisions as I went into adulthood. So I came back and a couple of months after I came back, I opened my first business. So I'm 19 and I've opened my first company because I did register it as a company. And that was Layla's Unisex Beauty Salon, which I would go on to have for nine and a half years before I sold it. Now, during those nine and a half years, I did so many amazing things. And I can't share all the things as a salon owner in this first episode. And I'm sure you'll hear them come out, whether it's my solo episodes, or whether it's me speaking to other amazing women in business, because we will be having guests on the podcast where they are going to be sharing how they have bossed it in their business. And so you may hear different parts of my story or stories and a lot of stories over all the future episodes. But here I am, nearly a beauty school dropout. And in fact, I end up running a multi-million pound company. Now, my dad is so proud of me, even though back then, if he had his way, I'd have been at home, cooking and cleaning, and basically being provided for by a man, by my husband. But I ended up being the rich husband. I ended up being the man. And that's definitely how I felt in my two decades plus as a businesswoman in my life. So I am so grateful for what my dad did. I just feel like I have to say that because... When you're hearing this story for the first time, even my own best friends, they would say to me, how can you love your dad so much? How do you talk about your dad in such high regard? Like he stopped you from going out. You weren't allowed to wear makeup. You were definitely never allowed to sleep out. Um, I mean, I had to do all sorts of crazy things. I had to jump out of windows. I had taxis down the road waiting for me with their lights off. I'd have my friends, you know, at the bottom of the window catching my shoes Oh, there were some crazy times in my teenage years to get to the boy. <laughs> but I totally understand why my dad did it. I've got nothing but love. And actually, I wonder if I would be the strong, independent woman that you see and hear of me today if it wasn't for my dad. So another thing I get asked a lot as a mentor and coach now is who is my mentor? Who was my mentor? Now, this year, I did sign up to my first mentor in business is actually in property. And that's because this year I've also bought a hotel. I did some really big things this year. And again, I'm not going to talk about that today or probably in the next few because I've got other things I want to talk to you about first. But I made some really big, bold moves. And I just don't think I would have had the head, you know, the mind frame or the mindset, the confidence, the competence to do all of these things I have done if it wasn't for the earlier stories and the dad stories. So my dad is absolutely my mentor when it comes to who is my mentor in my life. My dad, 100%. Now, I do have eight brothers. I have 
um, one that is older than me. I am number two. I rank number two out of the 11 because there is 11 of us, eight boys and three girls. And yes, it's the same mum and dad. Before you send me those messages, because that's often the first question I get asked, is it the same mum and dad, Leila? Yes, no steps and no halves here. And my brothers also, I want to say, play a part in that mental role for me. And I think that's why I have such a male energy and why I really pull towards men. Don't get me wrong, I love women. I'm all about women in business. I mean, my whole my whole company vision and message is all about empowering women to make money and to be independent in business. And it's probably because of my upbringing, because of just how strict my dad was with me. So. I have gone on to make some really big moves. I can't share them all right now, but I will definitely talk about the time I was dropped by an industry mogul. I will definitely talk about how I turned down a multi six figure deal on one of my own brands, Exposed Spray Tan. I will definitely talk to you about money moving forward in future episodes because I love money. I think it's really positive and healthy to talk about money because well, look how amazing it is and how it can really just give you such an amazing life, you and those around you. I'm also going to talk about going to talk about, um, you know, just the hard work that goes into being a successful business owner, because right now what I'm seeing a lot online is you just need to do this and you just need to do that. And you can have this lifestyle and this lifestyle. And I just want to call bullshit out on that because, yes, it's never been so easy to scale. Yes, it's never been so easy to run a successful business. But also, it's bloody hard work. So you are definitely going to get some real talk from me. I'm going to be coming with that no bullshit approach. There's my first swear word. Sorry about that. But I'm really hoping for those of you that are listening in and enjoying it so far, You're now getting an understanding of where I am going to be positioning this podcast. I'm going to be talking tangible results, real results, so that I can help you make some of those actions that you might just be kind of sat on the fence about or a little bit worried about. Maybe you're worried about what others are going to say or think of you, or you're going to be thinking about things. And I could just say something in one of my episodes, and that could just give you that light bulb moment and be like, oh my God, I'm going to do the thing. And I've seen it happen time and time again in my memberships, in my other areas of my business. And I'm so excited for those of you to have those moments on this podcast too. So I wanted to make this intro episode a short one because I don't really want to talk about me too much. I love to hear people's stories. I think it is important to hear about, you know, the story behind the story and what makes people tick and how they went from zero to hero, if you like. But I'm really here to help you. And I cannot wait to bring amazing women in business to this podcast to really inspire you and motivate you to take the action and to really just have that lifestyle that you dreamt of having and hoped of having when you decided to work for yourself. Because let's be honest, the easy option is to work for somebody else and to take the paycheck at the end of the month or week and to turn off everything and, you know, get back to your own life. But that's just 
the easy stuff, the hard stuff, the risky stuff is working for yourself and knowing that you never truly get to cut off from this entrepreneur life. So I'm going to wrap up this first episode. I hope you found it inspiring and insightful. If you have, please do leave me a review and I look forward to seeing you over on the next episode.